Hello, I'm Bex and welcome to The Week Junior Show. Today I'm joined by three of the team from The Week Junior, the magazine making sense of the world for 8 to 14 year olds. This week we've got editor Vanessa plus writers Eve and Gus. Alright then Gus, what can you tell us about this week's issue? Well Bex, we've got a lot of interesting things coming up on this issue. Uh, we're celebrating the Lioness's win in the Euros. We're finding out about a tournament where people compete to hug as many trees as possible. And we're learning about a sanctuary in Liberia that keeps pangolins safe. Plus, we're going to have a look at the Large Hadron Collider, which is an underground machine that's been helping us to understand the universe for many years. Oh, wow, a lot of stuff. All right, thanks, Gus. Uh, so if you want to find out more about The Week Junior, ask a grown-up to go to theweekjunior.co.uk slash podcast and use the code podcast to sign up for a six-week free trial. So on to this week's episode of The Week Junior Show, we'll find out about a record-breaking football match, some centuries-old treasures found at the bottom of the sea, and why supermarkets are getting rid of best before dates on food. Plus, we'll have a debate all about whether cars should be banned in cities. But before all of that, given that we'll be talking about getting rid of cars, I want to know, if you could travel to work in any way, what would it be? How would you get to The Week Junior HQ? Uh, Eve, you go first. I think I'd have to go for teleportation because I'm super lazy. But I think what I would do is I'd give myself one teleportation per day. So maybe I would actually go to work on the train. But then at the end of the day, when I'm done, I could just blink and then I'd be at home. <laughs> That's very noble of you. If I had teleportation, I'd be using it literally all over the shop. I'd be going everywhere. No, you see, you can't have too much power. <laughs> You've really thought this through, Eve. Okay. Uh, I like that you're limiting yourself. That's good. Uh, Gus, how about you? Well, I'd ride on the back of a dragon. Um, I wouldn't have to stand in any queues because there wouldn't be any other dragons in the sky. I'd have someone to talk to on the way there. Dragons are very intelligent. And the best thing is everyone would be like, oh my God, it's a dragon. So I'd be, uh, I'd be admired for my, uh, my dragon. You would be. You'd be a local celebrity. It would be that, that man in the dragon travelling all over the shop. Uh, all right, uh, Vanessa, how about you? Well, I once read an article, mine's much more boring than Gus's, but I once read an article about people in in a city, I think it was in Switzerland, and they could swim to work because the city was is built on a river. So they could swim to work. So you put your clothes in a waterproof backpack, splosh into the river, splash, 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 and arrive at work and then get changed. I thought it was brilliant. That's I'd a great that. idea. I'd be terrified that the waterproof backpack wouldn't be waterproof, though, and that my iPad would just get very, very wet. That is a thought. Hmm. Yeah, double bag, double bag. Double bag, yeah, maybe I'd send it on without me. Um, I was thinking about this and I was thinking um, flu powder from Harry Potter. You know when you go into uh, one of the the kind of the chimneys or whatever and then you kind of like go into another house via via a fireplace? I thought that'd be pretty cool. Um, But it's basically teleportation, but a little bit riskier, I suppose. Um, Anyway, we need to move on to today's real or rubbish. Vanessa, what do you have for me? I'm just going to lay it on you, Bex. I've never done real or rubbish before, so this is really exciting. Can I lure you? Anyway, uh, a designer of handbags has decided to extend her range and sell ice cream in one of her shops. Um, Not so remarkable, perhaps, uh, until I tell you the flavour of the ice cream. Flavours of the ice creams, I should say. She's based them on lots of old-fashioned classic foodstuffs like tea and porridge, or, wait for it, baked beans, tomato ketchup mayonnaise and soy sauce separate ice creams they're not all mixed together and the designer whose name is Anya Hindmarch particularly recommends the tomato ketchup flavour which she says is the perfect combination of sweet salty and tangy so what do you think Bex does this have the savour of truth or am I feeding you a lie 
Oh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this, Vanessa. What a great first entry into the real or rubbish arena. So first of all, we need to just talk about the fact that she's gone from making handbags to ice cream. That's a big move. Uh, indeed, I don't think she hasn't left the handbags behind. Sure, why would no, you? It's a it's a wide portfolio she's she's going for. Or is so she? You walk, you walk into a shop, and on the left you've got handbags, on the right you've got an ice cream parlor. Is that what we're saying? Perfectly normal, perfectly normal experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's sure what is. we're saying. Yeah, and to carry on the perfectly normal experience, she's not going for your mint choc chip, your chocolate, your vanilla, your strawberry. She's going for tomato ketchup. Did you say soy sauce? Was that in there? Soy sauce, mayonnaise. Can I just go back to the fact that the first flavour you mentioned was mint choc chip? Yeah, because I don't know what that says about you, but it says something. (laughs) Ah, it's your favourite flavour. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is, uh, you say that as if it's weird compared to, Vanessa, the flavours that this lady has established, which I can I just point out, if this This is real, are all condiment based. They're all things like sauces. Welcome to the 21st century, Bex. These are are modern ice creams we're talking about here. What is this? What we is this? What we were promised in the twenty first century? Ice creams flavored around mayonnaise? Yes, in my world, yes. That sounds disgusting, packs. Vanessa. <laughs> is it what? true though? Is it true? I mean, there's so much that sounds untrue about this, but then it's one of those stories that sounds so ridiculous. It might just be real. First of all, the fact why is she gone from hand, as as the handbag been failing? Does she sell a handbag with an ice cream? Maybe a matching color of ice cream handbag together. Maybe this is you trying to trick me, and actually she's redesigned handbags and named them after ice creams. But then why would you say that and then give me some weird flavors? Because technically, if she was making the handbags again, she would actually name them after the condiments, not make the ice creams as well as the condiment ice cream. I'm so confused, Vanessa. This is really. I know. I'm excited to find that I'm such a good liar or truth teller. Which is it, Bex? Oh, I don't like this at all. I'm not happy about the situation. Um, I'm I'm having a great time. I can tell you've swept in here (laughs) with your handbag ice cream story and you've absolutely knocked me for six. All right, well... I, 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 I am so stuck on this one. I genuinely, it sounds so ridiculous, but then is that just, is that the trick? Uh, if you've not read your copy of the magazine yet, feel free to make your guess before the end of the show. Join me as I get very confused. Uh, and now it's time for our three most interesting stories from this week. Eve, what do you have for me? So on the 31st of July, it was the Euros final and England played against Germany. And England actually won 2-1 against Germany, so it was very exciting. No one actually scored in the first half, but then in the second half, Ella Toon from England scored the first goal of the game. 15 minutes later, Germany did also score, so then the game had to go into extra time because it was one all. But 10 minutes before the end, Chloe Kelly scored and England won 2-1. And Germany had actually won eight Euros tournaments, but this was a great year for England. And there was a crowd of more than 87,000 people watching. Um, And the victory party the next day was held in Trafalgar Square in London as people all over the country were just celebrating the fact, this amazing achievement from the team. I mean, it was an amazing day, an amazing match as well. So uh, what's next for women's football? Well, it it was such an amazing tournament for women's football. It was the most watched women's football game ever in the UK with 17.4 million people tuning in. And the Women's Super League, which is the leading women's football competition in England, are aiming to triple the number of people coming to watch games by 2024. And there are also plans for more funding to go into school football for girls. So there's just a really exciting future for women's football to come. 
Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Eve. Uh, Vanessa, tell me what is going on in the world with you this week? Well, a huge haul of treasure has been found on a Spanish galleon that sank 350 years ago off the coast of the Bahamas in the West Indies. No, I'm actually not just repeating the plot of Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, (laughs) it really has been found in real life and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Um, Now, you can't just go around searching the seabed for wrecks uh, wherever you feel like it because most of the seas are controlled by either the the nearby country's government or by some authority anyway because the seas are really busy they've got fishing boats going around cargo vessels ferries as well as you know sometimes the uh, coral reefs and things so things that actually have to be protected so you can't just you know I was going to say march in there you can't just sail in there with a snorkel and start having a look around but in this case you also have to have a pretty good strong case that what you're looking for and where you think it's sunk so anyway this team of experts got permission from the Bahamas government and um, they were marine archaeologists, which you can possibly guess from the name. This is people who are expert in man-made objects, digging up man-made objects, but in this case, marine, they're in the sea, not on land. And anyway, they found this wreck and it's the, I'm going to try and say it, and I'm sorry because it's Spanish, the Nuestra Señora de las Maravillas. Oh, lovely. Was that good? I think that was yeah, I think so. Um, and it was a big, a galleon is a big three-masted sailing ship and it sank in 1656 and it was on its way from Havana in Cuba to Spain. Absolutely loaded with treasure. And it's been down there so long, most people thought it had actually been destroyed. So this is quite exciting. Uh, what was the standout find? Well, they had a, I mean, there's lots to choose from, but I think... The, the thing that's really exciting people is that there's a cross of Santiago, which is that is a symbol of 12th century religious group of um, Spanish knights who protected people traveling to sacred cities, holy cities. Um, obviously it didn't particularly work in this case. And there was an Indian bezoar stone. Now I had to practice how to pronounce that before I had to Google how to <laughs> say that, which was revered at the time because it was believed to have healing properties. Uh, and anyway, the new finds would be all cleaned up and they will eventually go into the Bahamas Maritime Museum where visitors can go and have a look at these treasures from the deep. I love it so much. I love that we are still finding stuff in shipwrecks. It makes everything very exciting indeed. Uh, thank you, Vanessa. Uh, now, Gus, how about you? What's going on with your world this week? Well, it's not quite as exciting as a shipwreck. Um, supermarkets around the country are scrapping the best before dates on food. Uh, best before dates are dates which tell people when things will stop tasting their best. Um, But the most important thing to remember about best before dates is that they're not about when food goes off, which is their expiry dates. If you eat food after its expiry date, you might get ill. But if you eat food after its best before dates, it might just not taste the best. Anyway, they're scrapping scrapping them in an effort to save food, a lot of which is thrown away normally. And they're basically saying it's up to people themselves whether they want to buy the food. Um, even though it might not taste great because otherwise it gets wasted and there's only so much food in the world. Uh, yeah, I forget there is a difference between uh, the two, like the expiry and the best before. Uh, so which supermarkets have actually scrapped them? Uh, well, the latest one is Waitrose and they say they're going to get rid of the dates by September. Uh, but before them, it was Marks and Spencer's and Morrison's. All right, so lots of people doing it. All right, thank you very much, Gus. Uh, Good to know. Uh, So as well as reading more about these stories in The Week Junior, you can also read a review of The Last Whale, an inspiring adventure all about saving the planet. It's written by Chris Vick, and here he is to tell us a little bit more about himself. 
Hi there, listeners of the Week Junior Show. My name is Chris Vick, author of The Last Whale, which has been selected as Book of the Week in the current issue of the magazine, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. And I'm here to answer two very important questions. Firstly, do I like Marmite? Yes, I absolutely love Marmite. I am an omnivore, but I only very, very occasionally eat meat or fish. Um, So actually, Marmite is a really great way of getting B12. And I think my body knows that, which is why I'm addicted to having it on toast. Ideally, brown, really crispy, dry toast with lots of butter. Uh, Secondly, what was my favourite book growing up? I could be here forever talking about that. But I will say... I love the Narnia books. I know it's a really obvious choice, but I did. And I'm going to slightly cheat on the question and say Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials books, all five of them, and there's another one coming out soon, I think. And I can say that because I haven't actually grown up yet. So I can give you that as an answer. All right. Have a great uh, week. And if you read The Last Whale, I really hope you enjoy it. So it's time for the big debate. This week, we're asking whether cars should be banned in cities. It's a big one. Uh, Vanessa, what do I need to know? Well, first of all, that cities are basically built around cars. They're designed around them because cars have been around for, what, 100 years, something like that. So they are very important to the way cities work. And for a long time, it feels like as as they've been getting more and more popular, pedestrians and cyclists feel a bit squeezed out by cars. The government has said that there were 127,967 injuries from road accidents in 2021. And transport uh, creates about a fifth of global carbon dioxide emissions. And road vehicles are responsible for about 45% of this. And We have cleared streets in the past for for special days, celebrations. There were sometimes car-free days, but also, if you remember, for the Jubilee celebrations of people having a street party, you could shut off your street so no cars could go down for that particular day. Um, But what you also have to remember is that lots of jobs depend upon driving. There are 284,000 cabs and taxis across the UK, so there's a lot to think about. All right, this is a very big one indeed. So I'm going to challenge Gus and Eve on this one, guys. You've got a minute each on the clock. I have got my timer next to me. Uh, Hopefully you have the same. Gus is going to go first. He's going to say why we should keep cars out of urban areas. So Gus, whenever you're ready, take it away. Well, Bex, um, I think that cars cause a lot of problems in cities. Uh, They cause a lot of road accidents, as Vanessa said. Um, And it's just generally quite dangerous uh, to live in a city when there's especially if you're a child and you might not um you might not be used to road safety um also the destruction of the climate is actually a mass cars are a massive proportion like people focus on planes but because there's so few planes um they're actually a much smaller percentage um so it's very good for the environment to get rid of cars a lot of which are in cities um but i think um beyond all those all those reasons 
one of the biggest reasons is that cities are just nicer without uh, cars in them. For example, if you've ever been to Venice, there's no cars in that city and it's just beautiful. Everyone loves that city because it's very tranquil and peaceful and everyone travels around by boat or on foot. And um, it's just you can have restaurants on the road because there's nothing going to run you over. It's just really nice um, and peaceful. All right, a, li a little over a minute, but you did make me laugh when you said nothing's going to run you over. Uh, that is, yeah, that's true. Uh, now it's Eve, it's up to you to argue against Gus. So whenever you're ready, uh, go for it. Well, I think it's important to think practically. So to start with, most cities are actually built for cars. So it would be really difficult to make cities completely car free. It would be time consuming and expensive. And also public transport isn't perfect. So that it's not always the most direct route or it doesn't reach certain areas. And so in situations like that, where you need to get somewhere that public transport wouldn't reach, cars are needed. And also, if we were to get rid of cars in cities, all taxi drivers would be out of jobs. And so they wouldn't be able to pay their bills. And then for people who struggle to get around, who need taxis or minicabs to do so, it would make traveling around less accessible for them. And so less people would be able to get around. And so that's why I think we should ban them. Sorry, that's why I think we shouldn't ban them. <laughs> <laughs> well, under a minute and also raising the issue of taxi drivers, hadn't even thought about that. Uh, Vanessa, what do you reckon? This is a real head versus heart one, isn't it? Um, mm. I go back and forth on this quite a lot. I think my heart says car free. Definitely, because we had a we where I live, we had a little kind of tra low traffic neighbourhood for a short time, and then it got taken away again, and it was it was lovely. Um, but yeah, the practicalities of it, I quite like the idea of these car clubs. You know, where if you really need a car, you join a club and you can go and you know borrow one or rent one by the hour. I don't think people need to have their own cars. Oh, it's tricky, Bex. Help me. It's it's very tricky, but luckily, Vanessa, it's not up to us to make the decision on this one. It's up to the listeners. Phew. <laughs> uh, so let us know what you think right now by responding to the poll at theweekjunior.co.uk slash polls or by emailing hello at theweekjunior.co.uk with a video clip explaining which side of the debate you support and why. And we could play out the audio on next week's show. So last week, we asked whether wasps are treated unfairly, and it was a pretty close call, actually. Uh, but 57% of you said that the stinging insects don't deserve all the hate they get. Someone on Pop Jam said, yes, because they help pollinate plants. Another Pop Jammer said, it depends on the type of wasp and person. Say the person is allergic to wasp stings and gets stung, then they have the right to be annoyed. Someone else on Pop Jam said, I think they are annoying, but are treated a little unfairly. So remember, get involved, grab a grown-up, record a video telling us what you think of this week's debate, then send it in to us at hello at theweekjunior.co.uk and we could play it out on next week's show. Oh gosh, sorry, I'm actually going to have to interrupt this show right now because we've got some breaking news. Uh, Dan, the editor of The Week Junior Science and Nature, is here. He's crashed the party and he's got the goss <laughs> on the latest scavenger hunt competition. Yeah, hi Bex. We are talking about Science and Nature's annual photography contest here. Um, we've had entries flooding in from all parts and with just under one month to go, there's still time for you to join in. Uh, by you, I actually mean you are listeners rather than you personally, Bex. 
terribly sorry. Oh, no, Dan, what? <laughs> I was going to join in. All right, well, Stevie did mention this a little while ago. I was told I, I wasn't really allowed to enter the competition. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun, so can you give us a quick recap in case anyone missed it? Yeah, this competition is just like a normal scavenger hunt, uh, but you also take photos of the things that you find. So we're challenging our readers to seek out five different natural treasures, take pictures of them, and then send those photographs to us. It's really that easy. Yeah, it does sound pretty awesome, I have to say. It's a fun challenge. Uh, so what kind of pictures are people sending to you? Um, well, it's been it's been really fascinating, actually. It's, <laughs> uh, it's basically been like looking at a photographic record of people's fun, the fun they're having their summer holiday adventures. We've had pictures of families on outdoor explorations in the woods, fields in bloom, tropical islands, beautiful water lilies, spooky spiders on webs, and even a little picture of a... Uh, a little monkey. Dan, it sounds like you're having a lovely time just flipping through people's <laughs> pictures. It's been really good, actually. <laughs> what a way to spend your week. Lovely stuff. Uh, most importantly, what can the readers win? Aha, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. This is the, the crucial part, isn't it, really? There's a awesome Super Zoom Canon camera, which is worth £299 for the Ooh. overall winner, and an amazing nature book bundle that we've put together worth £60, and that's for the overall winner and all the runners up too will get the book bundle so um all the details that you need to know about the rules and how to enter are on this web page so everybody grab a pen here we go it's sciencenature.theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash scavenger hunt 2022 Amazing. Dan, that sounds epic and what a great bundle of prizes. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Lovely stuff. So before we go, we've got to reveal that real or rubbish story. Vanessa, can you remind me what it was, please? Well, I don't think you necessarily need reminding, Bex, because I think you're probably scarred by this. But top line, designer of handbags selling extraordinary flavours of ice cream in her handbag shop. Real or rubbish? So this story makes no sense to me. I can't see a line between handbags to ice cream to mayonnaise. That just really confuses me. And it just seems absolutely bizarre that you would decide, I'm really good at making handbags. What I'm going to do as well is is make delicious ice cream. But then it's not delicious, is it? Because it's weird flavours. I, I, um, I think she's making this weird ice cream and I think the colour of the ice cream matches the colour of the bags and it's a weird marketing campaign. So I am going to... And also this story is just so bizarre. Uh, I, I can't believe somebody has made it up. So I'm going to say this story is real. Let's have a drum roll, everybody. It's real! Yes, it's actually... Yes! And I'm, and I'm crushed... I thought my first time out, I will full vex. Oh, this is a, this is an absolute cracker. Yeah, it's true. The ice cream is made in Devon. She doesn't make it with the ice creams, uh, right. which I think we can agree. Delicious ice cream comes from there, along with from Cornwall. I don't want any bickering <laughs> yes. between the two counties. But um, the flavours were thought up by Anya Hindmarch, who makes the, the handbags, and sold in her shop in London. And there is a little bit of form with this because she's made handbags with baked beans and other brand designs on them in the in the past. And this is, I think, this is more of a kind of summer twist on it. But apparently, the mayonnaise one is pretty delicious. I mean, that sounds bizarre. I don't know whether you heard my dog in the background there barking when he said baked beans. She was very, very happy to hear that. <laughs> I um, can't quite believe that is real. I was just saying it was real because it sounded so bizarre. It must be true. Um, 
And hey, Vanessa, like, like, there's no shame in not fooling me because, you know, next time round, I'm pretty sure you will, let's face it. Well, I'm um, going to go and comfort eat some ice cream now. Soothe yeah, just my not, ruffled nerves. Not soy sauce flavoured, hopefully. <laughs> uh, before we go, there's just one more thing we need to tell you about. Now available is the Week Junior newsletter. It's an info-packed email for the grown-ups who subscribe to the magazine and who want to know the highlights of each issue and some behind-the-scenes secrets. So if you're a grown-up subscriber, you can sign up at theweekjunior.co.uk slash newsletter. And that is it for this episode of The Week Junior Show this week. Thanks to Eve, Gus, Vanessa and Dan. Remember, drop us a comment on Pop Jam at The Week Junior or email hello at theweekjunior.co.uk. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe or follow us wherever it is you get your podcasts. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Week Junior Show, which is made by the same people that make The Week Junior magazine. You can get a free trial of The Week Junior by heading to theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash podcast and using the code podcast at checkout. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.